welcome to Is This Good? The show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me as always is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello. Hi, JD. Thanks for coming. Today's guest has worked for every sports outfit you can name. ESPN, Bleacher Report, Fox Sports. Did you think I would forget about Roto-Wire? I have it bookmarked, okay? He's currently the New York Knicks beat writer for The Athletic, co-host of the Tampering Podcast, and maybe, just maybe, the heir to the Katz's deli fortune. There's money in corned beef, people. Please welcome the one and only Fred Katz. Fred, welcome to Is This Good? Roto-Wire. That was the first place that ever paid me to write about sports. Mm-hmm. The first place that did it, I interned there when I was in college. They were awesome. Like the nicest people ever. They were so good. And after I interned, they let me write one NBA story a week about NBA prospects and start a fantasy baseball podcast for them, <laughs> uh, which I asked my friend who was a, in a band at a college at the time, uh, at college to to come up with the theme song for it. So he wrote, he took his time and he wrote this like very like sports intro-y intro to the pod. And now his band is like wildly successful in opening for the Jonas Brothers. Oh. So a great piece of trivia called Lawrence. <laughs> if you're a fan of Lawrence, a great piece of Lawrence trivia is Lawrence secretly wrote the the music intro to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast which a college student started like 12 years ago. <laughs> hey, so... So I'm glad you mentioned that on the resume. For Lawrence, <laughs> it sounds like it was more like Roto-Wire. W-R-O-T. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was honestly it was honestly like close enough to where it could have just been LimeWire. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, they still made the LinkedIn page, but also on your LinkedIn page, uh, and this was before Roto-Wire, so I guess that means they weren't paying you, you were the play-by-play man and color commentator for the Brewster Whitecaps of the Cape Cod Baseball League, which I guess is... <laughs> Why is I guess all you this just... still on my LinkedIn? <laughs> it's your LinkedIn, buddy. You can do anything you want to it. I know. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my summer jobs when I was in college, summer of 2010. I was the... If you're a baseball fan, I was a play-by-play color commentator in the... Um, in the Cape Cod League, which is like the best college all-star league, it was awesome. There, were, if you're a baseball fan, like Kyle Hendricks was on that team. Um, he was the best. He was actually not the best player. Okay, for anyone listening, I'm shaking my head. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Oh, and Kyle he, Hendricks what, is a really good pitcher. He, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. But I, 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 I'm on, not going to let you come onto my show and start listing baseball players. <laughs> this isn't the Remember Some Guys podcast. I, I mean, what are you, you going to come out here and say oil can Boyd? We don't want it. <laughs> this, is, this is why I always podcast well with Taz. Because I can start dropping people. And he'll be like, yeah, he'll, he'll make so much of a better reference than Oil Cam Boyd. Taz will throw out like a, like a Jeff Rebelay reference, and I'll be like, yes, that's where it is. 1999 Kansas City Royals utility infielder. That's where we're going. <laughs> we're bringing up the people you don't remember. And Kyle Hendricks is not random. Led the league in ERA, led the National League in ERA in 2016, was on the 2016 mm-hmm. Cubs. Mm-hmm. Legendary team that won the World Series first time in 108 years. My head. He's talking right Dartmouth, over me. He's not, he's not reading grad. social cues. He's, he's <laughs> And you know what? Fantastic guy, Kyle Hendricks. He was, he was great. He was such a nice kid. All right, shout out to Kyle Hendricks. Um, Fred, 
my first question for you is this. What the fuck is wrong with my name? <laughs> because it's also my name and I don't acknowledge it? That's correct. Well, there's a lot wrong with your name. Okay. First of all, it's not my name. And that's, <laughs> that's really what I would say is the worst thing. Uh-huh. Second but of you all, are I technically didn't... Matthew Katz. Ma- is it Matthew Fred Katz? No. Oh, it's okay. not Matthew Fred Katz. It's Matthew David Katz. Uh, to be clear, I did not change it to Fred. That's not what happened here. My third grade teacher nicknamed me Fred. What? I don't. I That's don't, not a nickname. I, I don't remember why. Hmm. When it happened, not only was I nine years old, I also, in all likelihood, didn't have the reaction of like, oh, well, this is a life-changing moment that will forever change how people refer to me. <laughs> And I was a goofy nine-year-old kid, just as I'm a, a, a goofy nine-year-old kid still, and clearly thought it was funny and definitely perpetuated it because I thought it was just like funny and weird and offbeat, like who goes by Fred when it's not their name. Right. And my teacher kept calling me Fred, so all my friends started calling me Fred. And then by the time that I was maybe 11, it had branched out to where it wasn't just like my friends calling me Fred. Teachers started calling me Fred and I was really introducing myself as Fred because it's weird to have two names. Like there's a reason why like your name is Matt. And so people call you Matt or some variation of Matt. Mm. It'd be really complicated if you had 17 different yeah, yeah. names. Yeah, but, but I got it. I have people a crazy a nickname. I have a crazy nickname, Fred. It's Peter. Like it's not a nickname. <laughs> you can't nickname someone another real name. Like yeah. it, it just it, it's it's irksome to me. So so your yeah. your license says Matthew David then. Yeah yeah that's my name that's my legal name anything that's oh, like okay. legal I have to say Matthew David on license. Uh, okay so so lease, if you were in a like, store and you heard someone say Matthew you would turn around. I don't know maybe not sometimes I do sometimes I don't. If someone hmm. says Fred turn around someone says Matthew sometimes I do sometimes I don't. I mean like my. My mother calls me Matthew. Mm. She's the one. But when we're in front of other people, she calls me Fred. Okay. Interesting. My dad calls me Matt. And when we're in front of other people, he calls me Fred. And my brother and I exclusively refer to each other either as brother or bruv. And that's it. Interesting. Okay. No so bro. No bro. No, no, no bro. <laughs> Just ask. kidding right. me? I'm not in, I'm so- not in Sigma Nu. <laughs> So don't get confused. So if JD says, oh, Matt, this reminds me of something. He's talking to me, not talking to you. Okay. Well, clearly. Yeah. I (laughs) I don't really identify with Matthew. I don't really hear Matthew and think of it as my name. Like, for example, like I don't see an NBA player who's named Matthew and I'm like, oh, a Matthew. But, but I do, when people refer to Fred Van Vliet, I'm like, oh, there's a Fred. Yeah, JD, he's, can you cut his mic? He's doing it again. Now he's just naming NBA players. <laughs> well, I've heard of Fred Van Vliet, though. Yeah, of course, of course, you have uh, former former Toronto Raptor. But I don't know. Are there NBA players named Matthew? Uh, Della Vadova. Yeah. Oh, very good, JD. Very good. Okay, Thank that's you. it. That's the last one. <laughs> that's the will. one. That's the last one we will name. Uh, All right, some quick housekeeping. If you'd like to support the show, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash isthisgood. Great time 
to sign up for a free trial so you can listen to this week's Great Beyond, which is Patreon only. Mm. JD, you might be hearing this news for the first time, but it's, I looked yeah, at the I calendar am. and it is it is true. And it's going to be a banger because JD's like been teasing a story that he has <laughs> on No Dunks that he won't tell on No Dunks that he's going to tell on The Great Beyond. So go to patreon.com slash is this good. Uh, please send topics for future shows to isthisgoodpod at gmail.com and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You see how that was really boring to you, Fred? How I was just saying stuff that you weren't interested in, you weren't talking? That's that's what the intro felt like to me. Um, but I'm sure it's going to get only better from here because the premise of the show is very simple. I'm going to give you a topic yes. and you tell me if it's good. You know I'm going to like randomly answer everything with like 2003 Baltimore Orioles now. Like, I'm just going to come on. You're going to be like, is is this good? And I'm going to be like, yeah. You know, it reminds me of that time Luis Matos hit 303 in 2003. <laughs> oh, uh, had a nice defensive season for Baltimore. They weren't good. And you know what's well, crazy? I can they're feel left- the subscriber count lowering. <laughs> and their left fielder, Larry Bigby, another guy nobody remembers, also hit 303 that year. What just, mm. you know, what, what an incredible series of coincidences for the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles who won like 68 games. I didn't realize we invited Bill James on this podcast. Uh, All right. Our first question for you, Fred. Bargaining. Is this good? So when I say bargaining, I don't mean the third state of grief. Shout out to uh, Lizzie K.R. I mean haggling. So bargaining slash haggling. Is this good, Fred? Clearly. I just want to say. Clearly what went through Matt's mind here was like, all right, we're having a Jew on the podcast. No, 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 no. And that's exactly what I was worried about. That's exactly what I was worried about. Is bargaining good? Well, we know what Fred's going to (laughs) say. It's, honestly, I mean, I, I don't want to fucking get into it, but just Twitter is such a fucking mess me right the now. To, intros me as the heir to Katz's Deli. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear the three Lives brackets around your name. <laughs> oh, God. This this is not going to do well in certain parts of the world. I, of course bargaining is good. Of course bargaining is good. Bargaining is a necessary part of, of not just business, but of life. Mm-hmm. Of course bargaining is good. What, are you just supposed to take a, a raw deal every single time in your life, even if it's completely unfair to you? No, you bargain. And now bargaining... Okay, well, what are, the, what are you a- bargaining on, though? Because I think that there's not many places left to bargain. Because, like, everything is a giant corporation right, right now, right? So you walk into Walmart, the, the clerk there or the cashier has no authority to give you a discount on Scott's extra strong uh, toilet paper. But, like, a sole proprietorship, like perhaps a gentleman at an antique shop, might be able to get you a, a better deal. But mm. almost everything is like a corporation now. So wh- where are you finding places to bargain? First of all, you're straw manning me. Because that reaction right there <laughs> was not a response to is bargaining good. It was a response to is bargaining effective. Mm. And in that case, if you're at Walmart, it's not effective. However, where bargaining <laughs> is both effective and good is on the grander things. For example, when you're going to Walmart and you're buying toilet paper, for the average person, if you try to get the price of toilet paper down 25 cents, that's not really going to be a life-changing amount of money. You're not going to mm-hmm. be on your deathbed and be like, oh, if I had those 25 cents, I would have gotten my dream house. That's right. not going to happen. 
However, where bargaining comes into play is on the huge expenses that you have in your life. And that is when you can save the huge amounts of money, such as buying a house or leasing Mm -hmm. a house or an apartment or a car, the ones that are the huge expenses. And if you walk into a car dealership and you say, hi, I would like to lease this Volvo XC60, which is, by the way, the SUV that I randomly love and would love to be able to get one day. And you walk in, you'd say, I'd like to lease this Volvo XC60, which they totally renovated in like 2016, 2017, rebranded, and it's a beautiful car, drives amazing, still so safe, but it's like a really cool car. Better, by the way, than the Audi Q5. And neither <laughs> Fred, of which I Are have you not doing well, Fred? You're not doing so well right now, then, financially speaking. <laughs> oh, I own none of these cars. I drive a Mazda, to be clear. Hmm. But Okay. You go in, you go in, you get quoted. For example, I go into Volvo and I just want to see what the price is. I like going into car dealerships, seeing the prices. I like cars. I'm interested in cars. Just seeing the prices, see what I'm at. I ask for a quote. They say the lease for the Volvo XC60 is $1,100 a month. First of all, way more than I'm able to pay. Second of all, way more than I'm willing to pay. And third of all, so much way more than I'm like, screw it. It's not even worth having a conversation because... This is ridiculous. I'll I'll never get it for something that I can afford. But if it were a little high, what am I supposed to just be like, okay, they said 1100. I guess they know what they're doing. No, you bring it down. The car, even a car that you can afford, you save your money in the long run. It saves it. Same thing with a house. Oh, this house is listed at, uh, at price X. I guess I got to pay price X. No, maybe you can get it for 15% less. So yes, bargaining is good but bargaining with contentiousness is bad but that's just bad bargaining but i think that because bargaining involves confrontation and we are not a confrontational generation if i could speak in in grand terms here i I just think we've lost the art of haggling i just feel like people don't do it because they think that it's rude and it's going to cause a confrontation and i think there's shame in bargaining maybe shame because it's like oh, I can't pay the price they're asking, but also this idea that someone's saying, hey, my service is to build uh, fredcats.com, uh, which I don't think exists, actually. You should, you should probably get on that. Uh, it might exist, but it's not, it's not for me. <laughs> well, there's, uh, a, there's David, a famous... MatthewDavidCats.com. Now that's a website. There's a, famous, there's a famous cellist who passed away about 10 years ago. Oh my God, is he going to start naming cellists now, J.D.? I, I can't, I can't yeah. handle it. Yeah. We can we we play from baseball Yo-Yo players and to- the outro music. <laughs> to basketball players. Then he fucking yeah. started naming cars, and now he's naming cellists. It's, mm. it's getting out of hand. Uh, okay, so, yes. So someone tells you it will cost, it's, you know, $10,000 to build this website. My time is very valuable. That's what it costs. You're going to have the nerve to tell me, a struggling graphic designer, that really it should only cost me $8,000. If that's right, I mean, I think there's a fallacy in your argument, which is that bargaining is confrontational. And I guess it depends on your definition of confrontational. But good bargaining is not necessarily just being like James Harden in the Philadelphia 76ers and just being like, you will do this because you're a liar and you're the worst. Because guess what? James Harden is bargaining, but he's doing it wildly ineffective. Because guess what he's not getting? anything that he wants right good Mm. bargaining is when you come in and you say who has ever gotten a raise from a job without bargaining Mm. good bargaining is when you come in 
and you say, instead of saying, okay, this is what I make and I deserve more because I work my ass off and I'm so good and you guys deserve to pay me more. That's not good bargaining. Good bargaining is when you come in and you say, so here's the deal. I've done my research. I make this and I've crunched numbers and I see that my work has brought in this amount of revenue to the company. And because my work brings in this amount of revenue to the company, then I believe it's a fair salary for me to get something in this range. Or you go to the graphic designer and the graphic designer is asking for $10,000, which by the way, sounds like a very expensive graphic designer, depending on what you're having them work on. <laughs> oh, but we're doing Flash. Graphic- we're, we're doing HTML5. We're doing the whole thing for you, Fred. Come we'll on. A by the way, designer- just, just to... Just to jump in here and say, oh, I make X and I know how much my work has brought to the company. What is your little, uh, oh, Jalen Brunson had a cold today? What, that's making the athletic billions? Yeah, yeah, billions. That's why I asked for billions. (laughs) (laughs) You come in, you say, I'd like to to buy a Volvo X5 or whatever it's called. Please pay me more. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, what about- no, what you say is this is what I'm bringing in. This is my value to the company. And if I leave, this is what it would cost the company. And that is how you do it. And it's not disrespectful. It's not confrontational. You don't raise your voice. You don't insult. You, you, you acknowledge that what they're saying is legitimate. I understand where you're coming from. However, this is why, what I believe. And this is why I believe it. And here's the information that I have in order to back it up. That, that, that's how you do it. And that's how you can get what you want. And by the way, if your bargaining presents something that is also good for the person that you are presenting it to, they'll probably agree because it's good for them. So if this person says, yeah, yeah, it's $10,000 to design fredcats.com, and it's actually $11,000 to design matthewdavidcats.com because the characters are longer, <laughs> then, and I say, well, I've spoken to six other graphic designers who have as much, as much experience as you, as much success as you, and they are all $8,000. I say, I, use I, them I then, Fred, you. use them. Great, you just lost $10,000. I don't even want the money because you know what? Graphic design is my <laughs> hobby. Uh, I just, okay, just, I think I totally agree with you, but I think you're talking about bargaining for big things like a salary or, or a car. But like when I think of haggling, I more think of like, like an open air market, like a Casbah kind of vibe. And I do think mm. that outdoors is the last place you can haggle in America. Like if someone is selling something like a purse on the street, you can haggle. Someone's selling a purse in a store, can't haggle. I, there's something about the outdoors that makes it so that one can can bring down the price. Uh, that but is Fred, true because it's because outdoors you're closer to a bazaar than you are to a market, and the bazaar is where you haggle. The right. bazaar right. is 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 where the infantile states of of haggling began. So yeah, that, that's the, the genesis. It. And then so, and, yeah. and, and yet you can't haggle indoors. How bizarre. Huh? Huh? Uh, are you guys are you guys haggling at a at a farmer's market for example it's outdoors but it's a yeah, it's a farmer right. you know it's no, a, no, you no. can't you no can't. way there are there are greatest americans no you cannot haggle with them and, okay all right it's also just like it's not worth it to haggle over a pair Oh, here we go with the fruit. No, we're not talking about fruit. It's going to come up later. All right. I'll pay pay way more than whatever that farmer's market is charging. Uh, 51% of people say haggling is not good. It's actually honestly closer 
closer than I thought. Next question. That, that's because only 20% of people are good at haggling. I think that's right, Fred. I think that pe- people are saying it's not good because they don't like doing it. But the reality is it is good if you can stomach it. But a lot of people can't stomach it. That's mm-hmm. right. Teach your kids how to haggle. All right. Next question. Siba C asks, shoes for men that make you look taller. Are they good? So I'm just going to read a quick email here. Hi, Matt. I love the show, and I'm always excited to hear the next episode. I thought a good topic to debate would be shoes that boost your height. I personally am a five foot five short king, and I know you are too, so I want to know what you think. Keep up the great work. Thanks again for the amazing show. Siba from Scotland. And as I'm reading this, I'm sort of realizing that you accused me of using the first topic because uh, you and I are both Jewish. And uh, <laughs> a trait of, of some Jewish men is that we tend to, not always, uh, stereotypes, not not true, on the short side. Uh, so I guess two questions. Shoes for men that make you look taller, are they good? And also, how tall are you? Yeah, top, topic three is wandering in the <laughs> desert for 40 years. Is this good? <laughs> topic three is "Eh, maybe putting a little schmear on a bagel what do you think (laughs) i mean we could really yeah we should just do it we should just lean all the way into it right uh i'm six feet and (laughs) fred fred he is are you really i'm six yeah he's six six feet. feet He's tall. Yeah. He's, he's as tall okay, as me. Okay, you see, stereotypes aren't true. Okay, so have you ever been to you a website met, called... I have, but I didn't realize this was... <laughs> have you been to a website called factsbuddy.com slash Fred Katz? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what that is. Okay, it was a website, probably did not cost $10,000 to design. But I, I went to see if you had a wiki, which you don't. But you, there is a site where you type in Fred Katz writer, factsbuddy.com slash Fred Katz. I encourage everyone to go to it. Under I'm the heading, yeah, go to it and tell me when you're there. And if you're there now, read what it says under the heading Fred Katz Height. Oh, it's not loading for me. It says page not found. Facts, buddy? <laughs> yeah, factsbuddy.com. It's okay. I'll read it for you while, while you search for it. Okay. Uh, it says, this is a direct quote. He is a man of average stature and stands <laughs> at a height of five foot seven. I'm not making it up. Factsbuddy.com. <laughs> So literally, doing you literally everything, everything on this site is wrong. It also <laughs> says I was born in Baltimore County. I've been to Baltimore like one time in my life for three minutes. Uh, <laughs> it he it also his, says your only... net worth is $754,000. 750. Whatever. I can't fucking read numbers, okay, when I'm podcasting. If it's six <laughs> digits and I have to use the thousands... It's about $754,000. So you can feel free to tell us if that's accurate as well. Well, if, if that were accurate, I'd be driving a Volvo XC60. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and <laughs> my, I think my favorite part is he keeps his personal details private. Therefore, <laughs> his exact date and year of birth are not known to the public. Like, oh, wow. it makes it seem like... I'm like, like I like destroyed my birth certificate. Like if you hit me you up, did. I just so, be like, so no one knows your real name. You destroyed your birth certificate. I fact. was actually born on the same day and year as James Harden, August 26th, 1989. Wow. And so whenever people talk all summer, all summer, all I hear is 
you know, Harden's really getting up there. Like he's no spring chicken. Like this is this is it's like now or never. That dude's about to keel over, and I'm like, shit. Like this is terrible. We were born on the same day. Like this is awful. I'm having neck problems. I'm like, oh god, I got like two good years left, and that's it. It's so personal. Uh, so no, I was not born in Baltimore County. My net worth is not that. I do appreciate how I keep my personal details private. Therefore, his my exact date. And year of birth are not known to the public. However, it is known that I am worth exactly to the dime seven hundred fifty-four thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, okay, but so, so see, I, I almost want to retract this question because what the fuck would you know about needing to wear shoes that make you look tall? Well, no, I actually have a strong opinion on this. Okay, go, go ahead. On. Not, not only is it not good, it's horrendous. <laughs> okay. Wow. It's, it's an abomination. It's horrific. And I don't even care about it morally, people wanting to seem taller than they are. And I assume what we're talking about here is not like a shoe that's a quarter of an inch higher than another shoe. I assume we're talking about like elevator shoes or something. Yeah, sort yeah. Of this isn't like uh, wearing like an Air Force One or something. Right. This is like exactly. wearing a shoe that is designed. Like there's this company called Konzuri. That keeps popping up on my social media um, and these, you know, video, sort of man on the street videos where it's like they'll pick like two guys and one will be taller than the other. And then they'll put the shoes on the shorter guy and then the shorter guy's taller. And then the taller guy's like, hey, man, what the hell? Like, this was my whole personality. I, I don't know why. Like, these videos are not coming up for you. So some of the algorithm knows I'm short. Wow. I mean, is it because I keep watching TikToks about Napoleon? I just like French history, Fred. So I'd See, also, I don't feel like you can comment, but I also agree they are not good because people will tell you being short is embarrassing, right? Or it's a bad thing. Mm. So if you try to look taller, you're basically agreeing with them. You're saying like, yeah, you're right. And I'm going to try to look taller, even though I'm not. Well, it's not even that. If you're embarrassed, we all have physical traits of ourselves, whether it's height, whether it's skin, whether it's physical appearance, whatever. Like we all have really like self-conscious parts of us about physical traits, like no matter who we are. Like I'm sure Kendall Jenner has something she is self-conscious about, right? And if mm, you Fred wear... Fred Katz thinks Kendall Jenner is super hot. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> if, you, if you wear... If you wear really high shoes to look taller everyone will just see the freaking shoes like no they're very good these konzuris are very good and very comfortable no, i must say no just kidding they are not very <laughs> good they are very easy to tell and here's why i drop it from they're not good and if everybody sees you wearing the shoes then like that's what's embarrassing. For example, the the gentleman who wrote in said he's five five. What did he refer to himself as? Not a short dweeb, a short king. Mm. A short yeah, but king. That term was just invented like three years ago. You don't know how we suffered uh, before uh, with Jabuki. <laughs> I know, but the young reason... white tweeted that the, uh, the short king. Our lives are so much better. Until then, yes, all we had, the you know, Muggsy Bugsy was... Bogues, was all we had to hang our hat on. <laughs> And Napoleon. The reason that that term exists is to empower a physical mm. trait that people might be self-conscious about. If you're mm. referring to yourself as a short king, you cannot wear 
elevator shoes that are bumping you up five inches because you're showing off. Oh, I'm no king. That's that's short peasant shit right there. <laughs> that's that's terrible. And the reason that I say that it's not just not good, it's an abomination is because like, look, there are shoes that exist not that exist not necessarily to make someone look taller. And by the way, everything that I'm saying right now does not apply to women wearing heels. Uh, but okay, what what about what about a woman wearing a push-up bra? Because you could say you can't as a man wear the the shoes because if a woman likes you because she thinks you're taller, then when you come home and you take off the shoes, she's gonna realize you're shorter. What about a push-up bra? You know what I'm not gonna do right now? I'm not gonna sit here and comment on. Uh, women's bosoms <laughs> on a podcast oh but i, I bet you love one. kendall jenner i bet you think she's got quite a pair don't you fred <laughs> i think that's just a whole category i'm gonna pass on wow. every time okay. i see these shoes every time i see these shoes and 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 i say this as like a huge sneakerhead. i love sneakers and you'll be walking through and like some of them like these these unbelievably expensive designers make shoes with ridiculously high soles like it's a style like it's not just mm -hmm. because, like Alexander McQueen makes these like $1200 sneakers which I don't own makes these like $12000 sneakers and they're or 12 12 $1200 sneakers I should say and they're probably 4 inches off the ground and it's a it's it's a style and I just think they're hideous. Mm. I've never seen sneakers with a two, three, four, five inch sole that I didn't think was just a, a fashion abomination. So <laughs> I am, I am just totally out on it. They're terrible practi practically. They're terrible for self esteem. They're terrible for for a, as as a as a mode to try to fix your self esteem because everybody's gonna notice, and then people are just gonna talk shit on you. Like if I met someone who was five five, I wouldn't be walking up to that. I wouldn't meet that guy and be like, that guy was five five. But if I saw somebody who was five nine and he was wearing five inch soles, and I was like, that dude is insecure. You know, like it is. <laughs> That's when the comments come. So it doesn't even work from that perspective. Like, it's terrible all around. There's nothing good about it, and it doesn't even look good. Yes. Well, Fred, the people agree with you. 82% of people say shoes for men that make you look taller are not good. And for the record, I don't know if this is a thing in, uh, you know, amongst women, if they say, like, well, you can't wear that pad of bra because then once you get home and you're naked, then he's going to know. You know. You know what he's going to know? That you're naked, and he's going to be happy. Mm. I, I think, but again... This is not really as stigmatized as height is for men. And, and before we move on, I do have to do my quick PSA here. I wrote down the statistics. If you have height filters set at six feet or above on your dating app, you are immediately excluding 85% of men on the app. Doesn't matter to me. Happily partnered. <laughs> Live your life. But if you are a woman and you are a heightist, I would just like you to think about that. You're excluding 85% percent of men. JD, I do realize I'm not letting you talk at all, partly because uh, Matthew David Katz good. has a hard out and yeah, partly because I understand. Um, <laughs> partly because you're tall and also partly right. because uh, you're not Jewish and this is just uh, two old Jews yelling at yep. each other suddenly. I love it. I love it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Well, with your blessing, I will move on. Fred, uh, unfortunately, it's time for the Is This Good segment where everything's bad. It's time to pick your poison. So here's how it works. I'm going to give you some related options that are all bad, and you have to pick your poison. So whichever you consider to be the least worst option. Today's theme is names. All right? So let me set this one up for you. Elon Musk. Okay? Seems like a cool guy. I think we could all agree. He has 11 kids. <laughs> I want you to pick your poison. I'm going to give you the names of three of his children, and you have to pick one that you would name your child. So your options are... X Ash Archangel 12. That's if you've ever seen it written, that's the one that's like X A E A dash X 1 1. Okay? If you're wondering, mm-hmm. it's just the letter X, then the A E is pronounced Ash. And then uh, A 12 is a hom- an homage to Archangel 12, which Elon Musk said is the precursor to SR 71, the coolest plane ever. All right, Fred Katz, here's someone that's nerdier than you. He'd he'd be even a worse guest than you coming on here and just naming planes. Um, Okay, that's your first option, X-Ash Archangel 12. Second option, Exadark Sidereal. Or third option, Technomechanicus. So I would like you to pick your poison here. You've got to name your kid one of these three names. What are you choosing? So before I answer, I will say none of these really stress me out. Because by the time we get to third grade, his teacher is just going to call him Fred. <laughs> and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, well, I will say yeah. that the night that I was born, mm-hmm. you want to hear, ner- hear nerdy. On the night that I was born, August 26, 1989, the Voyager, which for those who don't know, is a probe uh launched by nasa in the 1970s which has since you know gone past every planet in the solar system and and is has been like one of the greatest technological you know advances in in the history of of space and astronomy Mm -hmm. the voyager had just passed one of neptune's moons the name of the moon was miranda and the night that i was born my parents still hadn't put a name on the birth certificate. And my father, having seen that little penis and everything, <laughs> wanted to name me Miranda wow. after the moon that the Voyager, uh, that the Voyager passed. Uh, my mom says now, her recollection of it was that she says, if we name him Miranda, we're getting divorced. <laughs> Fortunately, my parents waited 21 years before they actually got divorced. <laughs> and a happy ending all around, and my name is not Miranda. Uh, well, it's it's so, funny you say that. It's, it's funny you say that, Fred, because to me, you are such a Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Miranda would do? Miranda would haggle. Miranda's a haggler. She would totally <laughs> haggle. Uh, but it is funny you mention that because, and JD, I don't know if you did this when you were naming your two children, Lincoln and Jackson. You know, you do that thing mm-hmm. where you're like, let's. Let's figure out the name we want and then figure out what the bullies are going to call them. So it's like if we name our kid Richard, people are going to call him Dick. If we name our kid yep. Jack, they're going to call him Jackoff. They're going to yep. name your kid Luke, Luke Puke, perhaps Lucas Mucus. Yeah. And Fred, if you name your kid Shelly, what are they going to call her? Smelly. Smelly Shelly. That's right. Yeah. God, that's yep. why you're yep. the best. Yeah, but you name Fred. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't name. I can't name my kid Robert because then his kid then will be named Bobcats. Mm. Uh, can't name. Can't name a daughter Allison because then she'll be Alley Cats. Alley Cats. Yeah. Oh, that'd be wow. that's kind of cool though. I like that. But but anyways, yeah. do you think that Elon Musk found a hack? Okay, can you? Can because you repeat? Like, how can you? Can you, repeat you, how can you yeah, I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, when you make the name so long, it's all and so weird. It, it's almost impossible to come up with a, a clever uh, name. All right, so your options are X Ash Archangel Twelve. Keeping in mind the name, the way it's spelled, Exa Dark mm. Sidereal or Techno Mechanicus. Mm. He's really thinking about this. So I'm device. trying to think of what the nicknames would be for each. I guess the nicknames for the first two would both be the same. I, you could just call them X. Yeah. But yeah. I don't want to name my, which is probably really weird for Elon Musk, considering Twitter is now called X. Well, yeah, they're like, X. how's, how's X doing? Well, He's X. like, yeah. uh, my child <laughs> or the child, uh, social child. media platform that, that is filled right. with hatred it's, and vitriol. It's kind of like a weird riff on all the George Foremans, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like if George right. Foreman had a social media site called George Foreman. And it just <laughs> just blew up. He does love X. Or, or if Elon and, Musk and invented other, a grill called X, you know? Yeah, way. I guess the other kid you could call Tex. Yeah. Is, uh, well, very, Exa very actually is, uh, that's Grimes' daughter. And apparently Grimes said that Exa goes by Y. Like just the letter Y or Y, like W H Y question mark or just question mark. <laughs> I could not deal with naming a kid after a punctuation mark. No. And and if I did, I would it would have to be a semicolon. However, <laughs> obviously, I think I think I'm gonna go with techno mechanicus. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the correct answer. I, I think, think I'm gonna go answer. with techno mechanicus. It's the least bullyable of the other ones it has no it has no punctuation in it which is which mm -hmm. is nice yes you don't have to worry about that it's pr it's the easiest to spell uh and part of the reason why i'm choosing it i think it's the easiest to remember um and you could just call the kid tech for short which is like kind of cool. obviously not not a common name but i could be like yeah my kid, my friend tech is coming over yeah. you know like yeah. that could be that could be that could be a, a nickname for for something. I'm sure there is there is a country out there where there's a, a longer name that's common in that country, and tech is the nickname for it. Sure. Uh, so I think I think I'd go with that. Call him tech, and uh, you know, in third grade, he can change his name to Fred. And people would just probably call him like Transformer or something. Like yeah. I mean, what, yeah. Uh, oh, techno mechanic dick. Eh. Techno mechanic. Cuck? It's too long. <laughs> I know. I, th I think you're saying. I think it's. I think once, it's safe it. once they know what a cuck is, they're way <laughs> older. They're way past the nicknames, and hopefully, mm. tech self-esteem is high enough to where he'd be like, "Yeah, techno mechanic cuck. That's hilarious." You know. So, like, right. you know, I think, I think you're okay on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. We've settled that one. So uh, let's move on to. Well, first of all, let me ask you, Fred Katz, do you have a cat? I do not. Okay, perfect. So let's say you're going to get a cat. These are real names that celebrities have given their cats. I want you to pick your poison. So you got to pick one of these to name your new kitty. All right, Martha Stewart's cat, Empress Tang. Okay, Empress Tang, I think, was the, uh, the, the only female emperor in, in uh, one of the, the Chinese dynasties. But 
also is already a cat. Uh, synonym for cat is already pussy. Do we really need Tang in the name of the cat? That's I'm just these are just things to look out for here. Okay, because my mind's working on all sorts of levels. Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye, his cat's name is Liza Meownelli. You might think that's cute, but ugh. Just a rough pun. It's a uh, meowthful. Yes, it is a meowthful, <laughs> JD. <laughs> uh, Hilaria and Alec Baldwin's cat, Camila Valenciana Azul. Okay, which which I think is kind of funny because you know Hilaria, she's she's gotten into some hot water for having uh, like a speaking in a Spanish accent when she's from Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Ellen DeGeneres's cat, Chairman Meow Tsedong. Okay, now <laughs> if you're asking me. That's a better name for Ellen, because I heard she's a bit of a Meow. dictator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, your cat names to choose from. Empress Tang, Liza Mianelli. You don't have to read them to me. You don't have to okay. read them. Okay. Okay, what are you going it's with? Un- it's unquestionably Chairman Meow Zidong. <laughs> it's without a doubt. That is a hilarious cat name. I mean, a That's lot a of great... people did die under his reign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Totally. <laughs> what about what about Paul Pot? The P A W L Pot. You know, like Pa. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. What about what about Adolf Kittler? That's what Fred Katz would want to name his cat. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You so could go. You could go Adolf. You could go a lot of directions. You I mean, a lot look, of directions. we're not we're not saying. It's a great name, <laughs> no. but it is a really good pun. And if I'm going to have to break down the subcategories of all of this, like, like you're right, the, the Martha Stewart one is just a bad pun. Or the uh, oh, Liza, I even, Liza uh, Meownelli, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Like that's, that's just a bad pun. Like That's not a good pun. You can go, you can go with something better than that. Chairman Miao Zedong is great, and I think the reason why it's great is because she includes chairman. Mm. Chairman mm. is chairman is what makes it funny. Yeah, it, just call it, it chairman. It really That's kind of good. funny. Chair, chair. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, but like, just including his title as part of the name is is extremely is extremely funny. It makes it way better than just Miao Zedong. So, so I'm. I'm going with that. Look, you know, a lot of countries have complicated political. No, I'm not doing this. He's <laughs> terrible. But, <laughs> but it's a good pun. It's a great pun. Ch- adding the chairman makes it really funny. And what? It's was the cat going to be offended by 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 human atrocities? No, it's a cat. It's a cat. So you're not offending you the cat. You can't you can't expect much from the cat. And presumably, like. Presumably, like, you know, like, I'm not Ellen DeGeneres. I, I, I'm no Ellen DeGenerate. Like, nobody is going to <laughs> know the name of my cat other than my friends. And my friends will just be like, Fred's such an idiot with his stupid puns with his cat. So, like, no one's, <laughs> no one's going to be like, don't you know what Mao Zedong did? I'll be like, mm. yeah, but isn't that a great pun? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will expose yeah. you if you do that, um, which you are doing because as you've <laughs> already committed to on this show, I uh, hope you enjoy your new cat. Uh, all right. On to the next. Fred, not everyone's going to agree with everything you say, even though you're a very smart guy. And sometimes when people disagree with you, you just talk over them. That's fine. But sometimes when you believe something deeply to your core, you have to stand alone on the edge of popular consensus. It's time for unpopular opinions. 
All right, so these are unpopular opinions taken from the uh, subreddit. But if you have strongly held beliefs that most people disagree with, you can email them to me at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. So the first one, club sandwiches don't need the third piece of bread. A heater. And then this person actually called it a clubhouse sandwich, which I've never heard, but I guess that is never heard what clubhouse? it's... Yeah, that's what it's called. I've, I've never heard that. You, yeah, yeah. And we know sandwiches, JD, okay? Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> You don't uh, maintain this body type without knowing sandwiches, okay? Uh, so a club it's not sandwich, this pear-shaped frame maintains itself. Well, luckily you're six feet, so you, you stretch it out. You're five five. You can't eat as many sandwiches. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, with that, think? with all, with all that seven hundred fifty-four thousand dollars in my bank account, I can pay for a really nice trainer. So. Uh, well, what do you think? Do you think the club sandwich needs a, the third piece of bread? Because I, I certainly do. Totally agree. I think it absolutely yes! does not. Yes. No, I think it does not need the third piece of bread. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to sound a little Clintonian here. It depends on what the definition of is is. <laughs> and I'm going to say. It depends on what the definition of needs is. Mm. Okay. We know it doesn't need it because no other sandwich has it. And no one is Big receiving Mac, a Big a... Mac. You know what? Here's another unpopular opinion. Big Macs suck. Whoa. They are wow. not. And by the way, I didn't say McDonald's sucks. I said Big Macs suck. Big Macs are the worst item at McDonald's. They suck. And there's my unpopular opinion. However, you have never in your life received a wonderful, beautiful, delicious, crispy panini sandwich with incredible cheese melting out of it and and whatever it comes with, the meat that it's with, and the whatever the hell you want in it. And it's you take a bite and it's delicious. You have never said or thought after... If only it had a third piece of bread in the middle. <laughs> the third piece of bread can throw off the ratio. It makes the eating process messier because stuff falls out the back when you take a bite. And sometimes it makes the sandwich so damn tall that you can't even bite into it because you have to like strain your mouth and you have jaw problems after and you have to go to the hospital. It's terrible. Okay. And you know what really proves it? What really proves it is that, and by the way, you say a Big Mac, a, a burger's not a sandwich. It's a cousin of a sandwich. They may put it uh, under I, the sandwich I category agree. I at, agree with some, you I agree with you at some restaurants, but that's not a sandwich. If I say, oh yeah, I'll have a sandwich when you go to someone's house and they bring me like a, a bacon cheeseburger, I'll be like, what the hell did you bring? <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. It ruins the aesthetic of the sandwich too. What does every single club sandwich have? which no other sandwich other than a burger, which we decided is not a sandwich, has. A toothpick. A little, a little toothpick sticking through it to keep it stable. And that's because flare. Even, even the makers of the sandwich are <laughs> like, this thing is so unstable, so unable to walk around without its head wobbling around everywhere, that what we're going to have to do is stick something that could stab you in the lip oh, in the God. middle of this oh, thing. So you have oh, two God. options here. <laughs> you have two options. Option number one, take out the toothpick 
at your own risk and have fun at the end of your club sandwich <laughs> eating 10 to 30% of the remains that have fallen out of the sandwich with either your fingers or a fork or just leaving it there to never be eaten and wasting the food. Second option, take a bite and maybe, maybe stab yourself. And even if you don't stab yourself, the bite will not be as enjoyable because as part of the reason that you didn't stab yourself, you're going to be sitting there thinking, okay, got to be careful so I don't stab myself. There's a toothpick a quarter of a centimeter away from my lip, and that will be a very uncomfortable experience. Would never happen if there weren't the third piece of bread. So well, when you get it, when you get a fun drink and they put a, an umbrella in it, are you furious? You're worried about <laughs> health and safety? No, because that's because of aesthetic. It's not because of practicality. And that is different. The umbrella is not causing bloodshed. That's okay. the difference. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we get it. I mean, I, and you can take I the would. umbrella out. If you took the umbrella out, you don't like the umbrella, take the umbrella out. It take doesn't change umbrella. anything doesn't about change. the drink. It doesn't change it. It doesn't change. You take the toothpick out of the, out of the club sandwich. <laughs> Toppling over. <laughs> okay, I like that it makes it special. It doesn't have to be like every sandwich. It has the toothpick. That's fun. It's cut in a different way than every other sandwich. It's those little triangle wedges. It's fun. It absorbs moisture from the mayonnaise and the and the tomato and the wet lettuce. It's an extra textural crunch because it's toasted. But someone's going to die. So I guess we can't have club <laughs> sandwiches anymore. <laughs> You think anyone's ever gone into the ophthalmologist and they say, oh, my God, what happened to you? He said, yeah, I'm your eye. <laughs> I think the ophthalmologist would be like, I think the ophthalmologist, their first reaction would be like, why are you eating with your eyes? I think that would really be, that would really be the first one. How do you eat? Well, someone in the comments said club in club sandwich stands for chicken lettuce under bacon. That's huh. horse shit, right? It sounds like horse shit. Yeah, okay. It sounds, it sounds like like, like people say like. Well, fuck then where does like where does fornication? Uh, well, actually, I can tell you because I did write it down. Apparently, it was invented at the Union Club in your hometown of New York City in 1889. Mm. I don't know if it's still there, the Union Club, but maybe you could. I mean, I was also thinking about this. You know how like. Or I often beat up on myself because I'm like, you know, with all this modern knowledge that I know, if you put me in a time machine and sent me back, I wouldn't be able to help anyone with any inventions, right? Like nuclear fission or like uh, heart transplants or anything. <laughs> but when when then I think about how people are saying it was invented in 1889, like I could do that. I could yeah. invent a sandwich. <laughs> I could be like, you, you already got coffee. Now add some hot steam milk to it. That's a latte, bitches. I just fucking invented that. A s'more? I could invent a s'more. So now, now that I sort of realize the inventions are multifaceted, I, I'm much more confident about going back in time and really helping people uh, by inventing very good things like club sandwiches, which will have a third slice of bread when I go back and invent it. In 18, I'm going to go back to 1888, one year before, and I'm going to invent it. Um, all right. Well, that's that's great that you had such a strong opinion about that. It's lucrative. It's going to be lucrative. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, going to be the guy right. who invented the club sandwich, and he's not going to be able to tell anybody about it because there's no technology. He's just <laughs> going to eat just hearty, hearty amounts of bread by himself in his club. <laughs> okay, I think we have time for one more to get you out by your heart out. Uh, 
televisions do not belong in public places. Was that your wife walking into the room saying, Fred, we got to get out of here? <laughs> kind of. There was a look. <laughs> okay. What, what, what did the look look like? Was it bad? No, it's fine. But there's okay. a look. <laughs> okay. Okay. This podcast is called, is it good? The look's not good. <laughs> okay. Okay. How many more minutes do you, would, you, would you say you had before your wife pulls the, the ethernet cable out? Let's go for a couple more. <laughs> okay, so just answer this one quickly. Televisions do not belong in public places. Because then we got to get to subjective trivia. We have to do that. If we don't do that, people will riot. Are we including, like, bars? Okay, so let me read to you what this person said. It's annoying to be in the waiting room of a doctor's office, dentist's office, etc., and have a TV blaring in the middle of the room. Uh, do we really need constant entertainment? Can I sit in silence with my own thoughts for 10 minutes, please? And it usually isn't tuned to anything useful like the weather or a neutral news station. Assuming the appointment is during the day, it's tuned to something that makes me feel like my brain cells are going to pop in my head, like Judge Judy, Dr. Phil, anything to have to do with domestic slash family matters or anything produced by Fox. This guy <laughs> sounds like he kind of sucks. Um, but I kind of do agree that televisions, they're in too many public spaces. But yeah, what do you I, think? I agree. I agree with that, too. When I'm in a waiting room, I'm never watching the TV. It's annoying. And especially nowadays when everyone has a smartphone, it's like if you want to watch something, you watch it on your smartphone or you're listening to music or you're listening to this podcast or whatever. And the noise from the TV like distracts you from it and makes the experience worse. So I, I'm I'm with that. However, like sports bars are really fun. Like I, I love going to a sports bar to watch watch a game or something like that. So I can't I can't go that far. Yeah. But I agree in like a doctor doctor's waiting office. When I was in Michigan last year, I went to a dispensary, walked in, and it was closing up, and they were playing Weed Law dispensary? and Order SV. Yes. And oh, they were playing Fred Law Katz and Order. Fred Katz is a drug addict. Fred Katz is a <laughs> drug addict. <laughs> they were playing Law and Order SVU in the corner uh -huh. of the dispensary. Oh, not I good. I go there, and I didn't like the selection. And so I left and there was another one that was like half a mile away. So I was like, I'll walk there. So I walked to the other one and I go in and there is also a TV and they're also playing Law and Order SVU. <laughs> and I was like, is Law and Order SVU just played it? Is this like a law? Is this part of like the weird legislation that makes this statewide legal and federally <laughs> illegal? I don't really understand. Uh, but law, law, law and order SVU, according to my my well researched uh, travels, is on it at yeah. dispensary in Michigan. There should be a strain of weed called Jerry Orbeck. That's his name, right? Or like Orbeck, Jerry yeah. or yeah, or can be Dick, Dick Dick Wolf would be better. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or iced tea. I mean, I don't know. I'd buy weed. Uh, I mean, there's probably him. something called iced tea. Uh, all right, Fred, there's only one thing left to do. Please tell your wife there's only one thing left to do, and it's time for subjective trivia. All right, subjective trivia is just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. So something I learned about you from your appearance on No Dunks is that you love fruit. You mentioned it already in this podcast. That's how much you love it. But my question for you is, what is the worst named fruit? Here are your choices. Pineapple. No pines, no apples. Honeydew. No honey. And dew just means wet. <laughs> wet honey. Nah. Grapefruit. Grape is already a fruit. Grapefruits taste nothing like grapes. And you put fruit in the title, you're running out of ideas. 
<laughs> and finally, uh, kumquats, just for obvious reasons. So what is the worst named fruit? Your options are pineapple, honeydew, grapefruit, kumquat. I have my answer written here, so you know I'm not cheating. You're trying to get your answer to match my answer, but the best way to do that is to speak to JD and just go uh, with your gut. And JD, it'll be very nice to hear your voice again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fred, I don't have a passionate opinion on this. So what, what well, do you passion fruit's not one of the options. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think it's definitely not grapefruit. Okay. You know, this, this reminds me of that Seinfeld bit of... Uh, What's the deal with grape nuts? Right. They're not grapes. <laughs> They're not nuts. What are they? I I would say I think Matt sounded particularly peeved about about pineapple and yeah. I do think that's I do think that's a good one. Uh you know, I think kumquat is too fun to say. I actually it is. I actually think kumquat's quats like a fantastic. Like I use that as a nickname for some people just cuz it's so fun to say kumquat. <laughs> Honeydew is is good because like honey is sweet, and when mm -hmm. honeydew is good, it's really sweet. I also and think it weirdly, uh, it accurately describes what a honeydew melon is. Like yeah, it it it's it is honey and dewish. And you can say like honey, do you want some honeydew? And you can like <laughs> you go with that. So I think pineapple. Yeah. It, 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 although great grapefruit, he sounded pretty annoyed about them running out of fruits, but it's not the only fruit with fruit in the name. Like, it's right. a dragon fruit, which mm -hmm. is not, it's not a dragon, and it's right. and it's not a fruit. Yeah. So, like, there are other, there are other fruits. Bread passion fruit, fruit. Passion, passion fruit. fruit jackfruit. Like, jackfruit, which is, which is kind of not even a fruit. Like, you see, like, jackfruit tacos now. At, 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 mm, yes, it is a vegan substitute, stuff. yeah. So, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say pineapple. Yeah, I'm with okay. you. Okay. I'm sorry to send you off on your road trip on this note, Fred, but the answer is grapefruit. So the opposite. Grapes sweet. Grape juice versus grapefruit juice? Like if you were an alien and you were like, oh, I had grapes. I like those. I guess I'll try this grapefruit juice. You are going to be very disappointed. <laughs> it's true. Grapefruit What, what can sucks. I tell you? What can I tell you? And I... and. Yeah. I know you have to go, so I'm going to say this because I know you won't be able to push back. I hate fruit. I hate fruit. I hate the texture. I hate the juice. I hate the stickiness. I hate the sound people make when they're eating a pear. All right, Fred, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Fred Katz. Um, yeah, and that, that's honestly it. You can find, read my stuff on The Athletic. I uh, cover the Knicks for them and do some other NBA stuff. You can listen to The Athletic NBA Show and... That's it. All right, perfect. Definitely read Fred. Not only is he a great writer, but he's very, very funny. Very charming fellow. And he's bringing in a ton of money to The Athletic, which is why they're giving him a big raise. Uh, remember, support the show. Patreon.com. $154,000 uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks to JD. Thanks to Fred for coming on. Thanks in advance for leaving a five-star review. For everyone, I'm Ed Austin, and this was good. See you next week. <laughs>